from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast It feels so good to be back. It's been three weeks since I had a podcast, and i just been dying to get back. I just want to apologize for the lack of content for like the last couple weeks. I've been dealing with a lot of personal issues, but we are back. I am extremely excited. I want to thank everybody who follows on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night, everyone who subscribed to the podcast all over the world, and I want to thank all the fans who follow on YouTube. Just thank you so much for the support. I'm never going to be leaving you guys again. <laughs> it's good to be back. So, all right. I'm just going to put this out here. Lately, I have not been into the NXT product for a while. And I don't know. I just feel like watching NXT lately has been a bit of a chore while watching AEW has been more fun for me lately. So, to be honest, I am going to be trying something out. I don't know how I'm going to like it. I'm going to see how it goes. But for the next couple weeks, I am only going to be covering AEW for the simple fact that AEW is... Like, I'm not trying to be biased here, but in all honesty, in my opinion, AEW is the fun show to watch. While, like I said, NXT is a bit of a chore to watch. And if I'm doing a podcast, I want it to be fun altogether. So I'm going to do what makes me feel happy and what gives me the most joy and that's watch AEW. So I'm going to be covering only AEW on this episode. So AEW is back to live TV, which they haven't been shooting live. They've been shooting pre-taped episodes of Dynamite for, you know, it's understandable with the whole COVID-19 thing. And like they were just trying to maximize the wrestlers that they had available to them. So, tonight's episode was a live episode at Daly's Place, which was nice to see because it was a different vibe. When the show's live, you have that anything can happen at any time format, which is really, it really adds to the show. 
Especially this show, it was outside at the Daily's Place, so it had a different feel from the last couple weeks. On top of that, we had Pyro, JR is back, Excalibur's back. It just felt like AEW is back to normal. We also had the wrestlers in the crowd again, and since it's a lot larger than where they've been shooting TV, they were able to put a lot more wrestlers in the crowd, so the crowd noise sounded very realistic to what an actual crowd would be like. Another thing that this show had was we had the uh, original intro song that AEW Dynamite had last year, like for the first couple episodes that they didn't seem to continue with. They brought that back for this episode, which was really cool because it was, you know, something that I was like questioning whatever happened to, but I'm glad that they brought that back. So tonight's episode started with a match between Joey Janela and Cody. I like this match for the simple fact that if you knew like the inside, I guess, what's going on behind the scenes, Cody said on numerous occasions, like he didn't really get the Joey Janela character and it was more of a Bucks signing. So I thought that this was a good match for Joey Janela to really prove himself to Cody. And I think he did that because Cody just seemed to give him that respect during this match. They had a nice back and forth matchup and they did mesh pretty well. Um, Cody chopped Joey Janela's chest so hard that his handprint was actually tattooed on Janela's chest for the whole matchup. They had a really good match, like I said, and it was nice to see Janela back in AEW. I know that he was stuck in New York or New Jersey due to the travel restrictions. And yeah, I really did enjoy this match. I like that Cody actually showed some respect to Joey Janela afterwards by shaking his hand. I think that he earned Cody's respect in this match. So that was really cool to see. Afterwards, we got a Nyla Rose package, which, you know, we haven't seen Nyla Rose once again for the travel restrictions. And I was questioning why haven't they, like, at least shown packages or something for Nyla Rose lately on TV. So it was nice to see that they reminded us that she's the female, she's the women's champion and they actually are promoting her. So... That was really cool to see her back. Then we had her in an actual match. And it was a it was a squash match. It went basically like two minutes against uh, Kenzie Page. But a nice little showcase for Nyla Rose. I think that they need to continue Nyla, build Nyla Rose as this native beast. And really show that she is a monster who could just take out the whole women's division if she wants to. Because that's how you're going to really build her up as a champion. It does seem that they're building to... See a uh, Nyla Rose match against Hikaru Shida, which was awesome because I think that Hikaru Shida's earned that title match. But next week we're going to have a women's four-way match between Shida, Baker, Statlander, and Penelope Ford. And I think that match will be a number one contendership match to go against uh, Nyla Rose at double or nothing. After this, we had an MJF promo. I always love having an MJF promo on the show because he adds to the show every single time he's on the show. The guy is just such a natural when it comes to talking. MJF was talking about all the comparisons he has to Piper, Flair, The Rock. And it's cool that they actually acknowledge that people at his age, people are comparing him already to these greats. I think that it's good to see him back on the show. I know he's been doing like these promos, but next week he's going to be back in the ring, which is really good because he was coming off of a massive win at the last pay-per-view and then unfortunately due to the pandemic he hasn't really been able to be in the ring like that it's just been like 
it's it's very unfortunate. Like they just had to like start stop a lot of these guys pushes like him and Hangman Page and Jungle Boy, and it's not even their fault. But it's nice to see that now that the shows are going to be live again, they could have some of the roster back on the shows. So yeah, we get him next week in a matchup. And we also announced that he's going to be going against Jungle Boy at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which is going to be pretty interesting. After this, we got Kaz versus Mox. I thought that this was a really good matchup. It was nice to see Kazarian in a singles match. I've always been a big fan of Frankie Kazarian, especially his uh, singles run in TNA in like 2007, 2008-ish. I was a big fan of his when he was feuding with Christian Cage and when he was getting title shots against Samoa Joe. So it was cool to see him in a singles match because he's been a predominantly tag team wrestler for a long time. He, I'd say maybe like the last eight years he's been in this tag team with uh, Christopher Daniels and then they added Scorpio Sky and SCU. So it was cool to see him in a singles match. And I think he meshed pretty well with John Moxley. John Moxley here, he was just John Moxley. He's always having good matches. He He's having good matches against guys that he hasn't faced in a while or in a probably for the first time, so it shows that Moxley is very capable of having good matches with anybody on that roster, because I haven't seen Mox in a bad match yet. But yeah, Mox wins this match, it was a really good match. After this, shockingly to me, he got attacked by the Dark Order. Now, the the minions of the Dark Order, they didn't look too menacing, like, they, they need to lay in some of those, like, shots. They looked like they were just, like, barely hitting some of the guys. But, after this... Brody Lee comes out and cuts a promo how he wants John Moxley's World Championship match. I'm very excited about this because Brody Lee and John Moxley have a past. We all know about Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper's matches in WWE, the Shield versus the Wyatt Family feud, but even further back than that, they had a feud in CZW where they went like ultra violent and had some crazy brawls and matches with including barbed wire and thumbtacks and glass. So I'm really interested to see this feud rekindled in AEW and to see what lengths would they take it with Brody Lee and John Moxley. It was announced later in the night that Brody Lee's going to be getting a, a world title match at Double or Nothing, so we're going to actually see Moxley and Brody Lee. I don't know if that's going to be an anything goes match. I don't know if it's going to be a standard match. All I know is these guys have great chemistry, and I think putting them in the ring together is going to be really good. The only thing that I'm questioning is I don't know if Brody Lee really earned a title shot yet. He's come in as the exalted one. He's had a couple squash matches here and there, but he really hasn't had like a big singles match. We get him next week against Christopher Daniels, but even that I don't think is like a big singles match. So I'm really interested to see how they build up Brody Lee in the next couple weeks because Double or Nothing's around the corner and he's a number one contender. So if just attacking the champion and saying I'm next is a way to get a title shot, then why is there a ranking system in AEW? I don't know. That's just my opinion. But I am interested to see this match. After this, we had Bro, well, Brody. We had Brandy Rhodes. That would have been a lot of Brody Lee on one show. We had Brandy Rhodes cut a promo about Jake the Snake and how, you know, keep my name out of your mouth type thing. So it was a nice little promo. She She's really good at cutting these promos. I don't know if she got help from Cody. I don't know if she's helping Cody. But her and Cody know how to cut a promo where you could tell it's from the heart. It's emotional. Which was really cool to see. This led to QT Marshall versus Lance Archer. This was a pretty good match. QT got some offense in. But it was pretty much a match to continue the showcase of what Lance Archer could do. 
So I did enjoy this. Lance Archer looked like a beast, like he's been looking like for weeks, which I'm giving away a little secret. Yes, I haven't been really doing the podcast, but I've had been pretty much watching what's been going on. I did have to catch up like the last couple weeks today. So I've been seeing that Lance Archer is being built as this monster. He's made it to the finals of the TNT tournament. So we are going to get Cody versus Lance Archer at double or nothing for the TNT championship, which I thought makes sense. They were building them up beforehand. So it's only right that, especially with Cody saying Lance Archer is not going to get a fight with him. It's nice to see that Lance Archer actually earned that shot and Cody can't run. So it's cool that we're going to get that. After the match, though, Jake the Snake actually... Well, during the match, let me go back. During the match, Brandy... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion sees that Britt Baker's about to get involved in the match like she did the last couple of weeks during Cody matches. She actually came over, took uh, Britt Baker's shoe, who Britt Baker was going to use on QT Marshall, took her shoe and threw it into, I guess, the stands of the Daly's Place Arena. And this led to what happened after the match because after the match, Britt Baker attacks Brandy and then throws her into the ring and then Jake the Snake comes in with Damien the Snake, which we haven't seen Jake the Snake actually bring out the snake yet in AEW. So it was cool to see, but I didn't think that he was going to go as far as he did because he then takes Damien, drops it on Brandy, and you see the snake is slithering all over Brandy's body and all over her face. And then he gets in like a mount position. It looks like he starts dry humping Brandy Rhodes. And then the snake is like crawling up her leg and he like made a gesture to like go in. I don't know. It was just uncomfortable to watch at parts but it was classic jake the snake so i loved it i think that this really showed that aw is willing to push the envelope and go that edgy route which they shown before but this was like really edgy and it was also to see cool to see vince's jake the snake with damien and him actually throwing the snake on brandy Rhodes. 
I really think that he's got a receipt coming his way with Cody because that was really, really far. Interesting enough, after this, we had Taz backstage attempting to interview Darby Allen to no prevail because Darby Allen just was not willing to talk to Taz. Taz even offered to give him advice. And Darby Allen didn't want Taz's advice. So I don't know if this means Darby's going heel. I don't know where this goes for Darby, but I am interested. I think it was interesting to see that Taz and Darby are like kind of looking eye to eye because they're similar in height. But I do like this role for Taz, even though I do like him better on commentary. I think this is a cool role for Taz to actually be backstage and doing backstage interviews. I'll see. I want to see if this continues next week. After this, we got the main event of the night. We had Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, the Sex Gods, versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. This was a street fight, and this was just bananas. They went all over Daly's place for this one. The brawl went outside the ring. It went into the stands. It went into the backstage area. It went to the concession stands. It was insane. Matt Hardy changed his outfits like three different times on this. He, He went... Damascus to standard Hardy Boys Matt Hardy to Broken Matt Hardy. It was really interesting. They This is the type of stuff that makes AEW different and fun to watch. Like, you're not seeing anybody thrown into a ice box like in NXT. You're not seeing anybody using golf carts like they did on this match like they were literally using golf carts to run people over Matt Hardy ran over Sammy Guevara and it looked pretty bad like it was insane Kenny Omega doing moonsaults off of a forklift like the the inner circle posing with the Jacksonville Jaguars field behind them like like I said this is what makes AEW different and fun to watch this match was just absolutely insane this whole show was insane this felt like a fresh start for AEW. Like, this is like the season premiere. This was very reminiscent to the first show of the year. And that's the same feeling I got for this episode. I really love this because for so... Like, for like the last couple of weeks, AEW seemed like they were just... I, victims of circumstances, especially with the COVID thing. Like, like every other promotion is and like everyone is right now. But once again, they make the most of it. And they find a way to look good no matter what the situation is. And that's what makes AEW different. I am a big AEW mark. I'm going to be biased. AEW is my favorite wrestling to watch right now. It's just been so good. And if someone asks me, oh, why is AEW fun to watch? What makes AEW different? This is the match I really recommend to them to see. Just them using their elements like so perfectly. We've seen matches... In WWE right now, we got the... Well, recently we had the Edge versus Randy Orton match. We had the Gargano versus Ciampa match where they're brawling all over and they use the elements, but they do it in like a slow, methodical way where, to me, it's a different type of psychology than what AEW did here. AEW gave us a fun match where they use all the elements around them to make fun for the viewer at home who's going... You know, everyone at home is just like all going through this pandemic together and there's really no not much entertainment out there right now so when AEW puts on a match like this it's a way to like forget about your problems and just get indulged in the television and really enjoy so I really like the route that AEW went with this match it wasn't the slow methodical psychology it was the let's just go balls to the wall and use everything 
as a prop and let's just, you know, have fun. And that's what AW's been since day one. It's just been fun to watch. So another great episode. I'm giving this episode a four out of five. My match of the night was the main event. It was just perfect. Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy, Jericho, Sammy. Everybody was just on for this match. So everybody brought their A game. That was my match of the night. My performer of the night. I don't know. I think it has to be Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake definitely showed why he's still to this day a badass heel who would do whatever it takes to get in your mind. And that's something that I just love because you don't see that too much anymore in WWE, in NXT, in Impact, and Ring of Honor. You're not seeing that in today's landscape of professional wrestling. Jake the Snake brought it back to the original mind games of professional wrestling. And that's just awesome to see. I really love this episode and I am so excited for next week. Once again, guys, I am back. It feels good to be back on the mic. Maybe there's a few hiccups, a few stuttering, but you know what? It's been a while. I'm just happy to be back. Thanks for following along. Thanks for supporting always. Everyone stay positive and strong during these tough times. And I will be here with you next week for another podcast and another episode of the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Take care. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.